Konnichiwa, Nihon Cricket Pod do Yokoso. Hello and welcome to the Japan Cricket Podcast. Chaotic weather over the last few weeks, one minute it's searing off, and the next it's bucketing down. We knew climate change was actually a thing. Somehow, the JCL Division 1 only lost one game in round 7, so spare a thought for the Rising Stars whose match with the Alpha Quashers was abandoned without a full bowl and who should be playing their round 8 game as I record this. But that's been sunk as well. That's four washouts and seven for the subjects of today's podcast. But on the upside, those four washouts are responsible for 100% of their current points tallies as they're set rooted to the foot of the table. At the opposite end, the Tokyo Rangers and Tigers Cricket Club remain very much the pace setters, both unbeaten and not scheduled to meet each other until round 12, which at this rate will be when they have already got their top four places sewn up. It was the men in blue who became the latest team to be mauled by the Tigers. They posted 195 from their 40 overs before bowling MIB out for just 171. A 10th wicket stand with 24 and 7.5 overs was enough to deny the Tigers a bonus point, however. So their lead over their opponents, who sit third in the table, is just two points. The Rangers' batting was enough to overpower the cheap Sharks, despite slipping to 67 for five early on. Some lower order hitting got them to 224, and their bowlers did the rest, dismissing the Sharks for 196 to win by 28 runs, but no bonus point for them either. Sano Cricket Club have moved into fourth place, thanks in part to that quarter's washout, and also to the rather generous batting Penny Foley's, who were put away for just 87 and the runs knocked off in just 15 overs, to an easy bowlers point win for Sano. The Wyverns are now fifth in the table after ending the Wombats resurgence. They knocked them over for 135 and then reached the total in the 23rd over with just two wickets gone. And that bonus point is enough to move them ahead of the cautious as well. In the match between two teams of whom great things were expected this season, the Tokyo Falcons overcame Max Cricket Club and the match reduced to 35 overs due to the heat. I've not mentioned many individual performances today, but Sanket Panhari took 5 for 35 to bowl Max out for 176 and then hit a 6 to win the game and take him to his half-century as the Falcons won by five wickets. Congratulations to Sanket, I'm sure you went my man be man that day. The women's league matches scheduled for the same weekend were postponed due to the weather, and a quick inspection of the JCL2 scores tells me that Raman Tanwar hit 151 as his KKR team gave the Rising Stars second and level a bit of a hiding and moved top of the table in the process, while also sending the Rising Stars to second bottom. The Japan Cup continues apace, and you'll just have to believe me when I tell you that some people scored runs, others took wickets, some celebrated, and some didn't. A more detailed wrap-up will be done at the conclusion of the various regional competitions, and the lineup for the Japan Cup finals in October starts to take shape. Now, before I get into this week's interview, it has been an exciting week for the podcast. I've carried up four interviews this week, and there were some great episodes coming up over the summer, so please do make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss anything. One of those episodes is a preview of the new JCL T20 competition, which will start in August, while another is a very special guest who brings a touch of celebrity to the show, which is a real rarity. Okay, on to today's guest, one of the gentlemen in the Japan cricket scene whose story I was genuinely interested to hear. There's a bit of a weird scratchy sound early on in the episode and kind of throughout it, so apologies for that, but rest assured it doesn't last too long and hopefully it doesn't detract from your enjoyment of the episode too much. Okay, joining me today, at last, I've managed to get on to the podcast, a member of the Bangladesh Cricket Community, uh, a founding member of the Rising Stars Cricket Club, who are one of the clubs that have been growing impressively throughout the last couple of years. Mr. Kazi Murad, welcome onto the Japan Cricket Podcast. Uh, 
Thank you. Thank you for having me, Alan. Uh, it was nice to hear from you at last. Sorry, mate. You've been waiting for a while to get the invite. I, I mean, uh, it's not like that. Uh, I heard you who starts a pod, Japan cricket podcast and I used to listen to your the episode. So right. I, I was waiting for <laughs> Waiting for the call. Absolutely. You and you and many others, mate, I'm sure hundreds of people across Japan just waiting for my call. Um, I hope okay. so. I hope so. <laughs> well, mate, let's, uh, let's start with at the beginning. We, I mentioned there that you're a part of the Bangladeshi cricket community. You're the first person I've had on from, from that, uh, part of the world. So can you tell me a little bit about where exactly you're from in Bangladesh and, and what your family background is? Yeah. Uh, I'm from uh, Bangladesh, you, uh, the capital from Dhaka city. Family background, uh, I am from traditional Muslim family. Uh, both of my parents are teachers, now they are retired. I have one uh, elder brother and younger sisters. And that's all. Yeah, cool. So what was it like growing up there in, in Dhaka? Okay, growing up in Bangladesh was fun. Uh, I grew up in city area, but uh, back in the 90s, Dhaka city was not a metropolis. So we had many grounds to play football, cricket, and other sports as well. And we used to trade uh, view cards of football players and teams, as well as other stuff. And cable TV came at the very end of our teenage and MTV was most popular channel. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, uh, we also relied completely on fixed phone for communication with friends yeah. and families. Internet was not there and the cell phone was a thing from science fiction movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I could elaborate more, but, uh, I would stop here before this becomes too long to listen. <laughs> no, that's cool. So, I mean, you mentioned, that was uh, fun actually. You mentioned cricket and football. So was sport quite a big part of your life growing up there? Yeah, there, there is no doubt about that. I used to, uh, found out for any kind of sports at that particular time, uh, in my school life, I used to play football and, uh, slowly, uh, somehow, uh, is converted to cricket. So I always in field, either football or cricket or badminton or whatever. Were there school teams and organized competitions for various age groups? Yeah, that was actually, uh, I hardly remember, uh, the exact, uh, year, but, uh, I used to play cricket at first time with the tennis ball. And after that, uh, end of my school period, so there was a, uh, official school, inter-school cricket tournament that time I participated. So, uh, so far I remember, so there was so many organized, uh, cricket tournament that cricket things going on in school, uh, school cricket and college cricket. Yeah. That was the, that was available that time. Yeah. I mean, I guess growing up, you were really there when cricket in Bangladesh kind of took off, right? And the national side got test status, what, late 90s? I think it was 97, 98? Exactly, like that. exactly. That, 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 that's the thing I want to say. I mean, when Bangladesh cricket team we, in 1990 World Cup win against Pakistan, and after one year, Bangladesh got test status, that was huge change mm. in Bangladesh, uh, actually, because before that, people don't used to uh, follow the cricket that much. But uh, when Bangladesh got that kind of uh, recognition from test uh, uh, I mean, that's his status and uh, win uh, against Pakistan. So that was huge uh, 
publicity in electric media and clean media, people get more attention and uh, people, uh, they want to know what is cricket, they want to play a cricket. The things have totally changed after 2000, actually. Yeah, I bet. So you were talking before we came on that you, you, you still go back to, to Bangladesh pretty regularly. What's the cricket infrastructure like there? Is it, um, obviously it's, it's, I'm guessing it's the number one sport in Bangladesh now. And is it, uh, do you, do you think it's really thriving and growing as a sport in Bangladesh still? Yeah, la, uh, last two decades, it was really growing. I mean, uh, not only uh, capital Dhaka city, it is also spreading all over the country. And uh, like, uh, you, you may understand the Bangladesh cricket team always, uh, having problem to get some first baller. So last five and six years, not almost 10 years. So they, uh, they try to get some real talent from uh, every corner from the Bangladesh. So that's why uh, there is, uh, too many, uh, academies, uh, build up last, uh, I mean, few, few districts in Bangladesh. So, uh, not only, uh, that academies also, uh, university level, college levels, and uh, district levels. Uh, cricket is, uh, I mean, uh, how, how can I say it? So when it's be become famous, so that's, that's also needs some demand. And that's also needs some uh, build a pipeline to get a nice player from all over the country, actually. Yeah, of course. And, and there's signs that that's working, right? The Bangladesh under-19 team won the under-19 World Cup two years ago. So must be a sign that there's a good depth of talent coming through. Exactly, exactly. He, he, you just mentioned a good example because of, after the Bangladesh win the 19, uh, under 19 World Cup, so, and so uh, others, uh, I mean, it, team A and uh, I mean, national team also right now, they have uh, enough preparations uh, compared to 10 years before. So yeah, that, that, is, that is really working. Yeah, great. Well, it's good. I always look at Bangladesh as one of those success stories. I mean, I know that Bangladesh has a, has a big population and obviously it's proximity to, to India and Pakistan and the historical relationships there. It's always likely to be, uh, a hotspot for cricket. I kind of see Bangladesh a little bit similar to Nepal, which hopefully the, the next nation from that area that's going to come through and become, um, you know, competitive on the world stage. But a lot of those countries do look at the success Bangladesh had in a relatively short period of time and, uh, and aspire to do something similar. So it must've been fun to, to grow up at that time and see the team improve so much and the sport become so popular. Was cricket for you, did you catch the bug of the sport because of that? Or do you think, were you playing kind of already? No, no, actually we, not only because of that. So that, the, uh, this is sports I really like to play. It's my, uh, passion. So, so. I mean, I, I'm not that kind of, I mean, uh, what can I say? Not kind of professional player, but, uh, if you tell me, uh, how much I love cricket, so it will always in top of my list. So, uh, of course, um, Bangladesh getting better. That also, uh, give me some, uh, motivate to play more. I mean, uh, I, whenever I moved to Japan, so that, that also uh, help me to, that, 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 that another reason to, to, to play cricket here. So, yeah. uh, of course, but, uh, the cricket I love most, that's the main reason, I think. Cool. Well, that takes us nicely into my next questions really was about your time in Japan and, and what brought you here. So why don't you tell us when you came to Japan, uh, and why? Ah, uh, okay. So, um, 
I came to Japan uh, late early uh, uh, 2006, so it's almost 15 years. And uh, I don't know why I choose Japan. I used, I always wanted to go uh, states or Australia, but somehow I ended up here. Uh, one of the main reasons my elder <laughs> my elder brother is to live here, so maybe that's why. And after complete my uh, masters, uh, I used to work in uh, a bank after uh, two and a half years. Uh, so I just want to move some other country. Uh, so that's the reason I came Japan actually. So did you have a, a job set up? Did you move here with a company or did you just come to Japan and try to find work? No, I, I, I no, 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 not a fan, but I came here uh, with a job and uh, I started my job uh, in Shibuya area uh, from 2007, January. Uh, that's, that's the beginning actually. Mm. So then when you arrived, were you thinking that cricket was going to be part of your life in Japan or had you kind of expected to not play at all given that Japan wasn't known as a, a cricket playing nation? Actually, first two years, I didn't have enough time to think about cricket actually. <laughs> so that, uh, that, that time I used to, uh, adopt that, this culture and the language. I was very much busy with that work, work, work. and slowly. Yeah, well, slowly I they just try to explore. Okay, uh, I want because uh, I love to play sports, no matter uh, what, either football or cricket or anything. So uh, we used to play a uh, tennis cricket inside our area uh, between our community. So and that time I tried to search uh, out about cricket in Japan, and I, I, honestly I don't accept that much. Actually, either they play or not. But somehow I find it. Yeah, okay. And from what I understand, your early playing career was with the Chiba Sharks. Is that right? Yeah, actually. Okay. So, so when you found out that there was cricket in Japan, did you, like, what did you expect? Okay. When I, I started uh, to play cricket in Japan, so I found few clubs like, uh, Ombeds and Chiba Sarks and some Pakistani gentlemen, they uh, running their club in here. So I don't know why I knocked first Chiba Sarks, I don't remember actually. So I emailed to them and uh, after a few days, I got a reply from Chiba Sarks, maybe Dave Lola back. Uh, so he uh, uh, invited me to join and uh, I was really thanks to uh, Chiba Sharks, so they got the first opportunity to play. So maybe one of the Sano River ground, I started my first match with them. Can you remember much about that first match? Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I joined it, uh, uh, Meraj from Pakistan. So one of the Chiba Sharks team members uh, mm -hmm. in Chiba stations. And, uh, we go, th that was my first travel to Sano actually. So he guided me all the way and I was joined with him and one of the other is, uh, member, I don't remember his name. So that was rainy day actually. So, um, I was too much excited actually how, uh, it's going to be, but uh, when rain is the uh, pop up, so I was a little bit disappointed. Maybe it's not too, not, not, uh, not too much cricket today. But somehow I in, we ended up there and uh, 
we uh, uh, started our match a little bit delay, and we, the match may be against uh, Umbes, may maybe, uh, and we lost the match. And so far, I remember Dave because me to ball. Uh, uh, well, I mean, as an opening baller, so <laughs> I was completely. Uh, I mean, um, I, I I never uh, ball as an opener, uh, opener uh, so I I used to do some slow medium speed. But uh, whatever I got the chance, I uh, whatever I, I just uh, want to do it. So that was first and last time I do the opening <laughs> ball. I mean, medium <laughs> pace baller in Japan cricket, but uh, uh, that was really. Uh, I mean, a memorable day for me in Japan. So at last I start cricket here. So no matter how it goes from there, I just love to play here. So that was what, 2009? 2009, 2010. 2010. So 2010 was the season that the Sharks ended up winning the JCL. Is that right? I think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so far, but I didn't, I, I didn't get uh, too much, uh, uh, available for every match. So I played uh, two or three matches maybe. And yeah, so they got the title in 2010, yeah. You didn't play in that final, but you were part of the team. So it was pretty yeah, good start. Yeah, I didn't play in that final. Yeah, it's a pretty good start. And uh, uh, before me, there was two or three Bangladeshi members as well in Chibar Sharks. So that was uh, also near, I mean, uh, great for me to get some uh, local people there. Yeah, sure. It's a very multicultural club, isn't it? So then. You were part of the Sharks for for quite a few years, I guess, before the rising star. Exactly, yeah. Until until 2000, 2016. Okay. So why don't you tell me a little bit about the rising stars, how they were created, what the kind of goals for the club are, and how you've been going about achieving those. We used to play winter cricket, uh, indoor cricket uh, in off-seasons. So in 2015... Uh, few of our Bangladeshi team members from other teams. So we make a indoor cricket team and we played uh, for first time as a rising star for, uh, I mean, uh, early 2015 uh, indoor cricket. And we won the title against Chiba Sharks. So no matter how small that was, but that was the turning point to think us, uh, to think about to make a proper cricket team and join in Japan cricket. So, including me, uh, you know, Kabir, you know, Taid, a uh, few of us founding members, Shumon, and others, uh, new recruitment from uh, other part of the uh, Japan. So, that was the starting, actually. So, we just want to make, make some um, uh, entity from our Bangladesh community, because uh, so far I didn't, but there is a cricket team uh, uh, before us, but they didn't continue for a long time. So that's why we think, okay, why not once again? So make some, uh, make it, make a one team from our community and say, it's because we all love cricket. So that's the reason we started, uh, uh our JCL journey. I mean, not JCL actually played Japan cup for, uh, for past two years, actually. Yeah. So you had Japan cup, what, 2016, 17, and you joined the JCL 2018. And um, from early uh, like 2019, maybe? Yeah, we played first uh, 2016 and 17 Japan Cup. Then we played JCL3 2018. We owned the JCL3 titles. And right, 2019, yeah. we moved, yeah, we moved to JCL2. And uh, that time uh, we ran up JCL2. 
and we moved to uh, 2020 for JCL1 actually. Yeah, okay. I'll come on to sort of the club's performances in a little bit, but before we move on from the formation, I am curious, it's one of those things that um, throughout Japan, and, and it's not just Japan, I think this is a, a worldwide thing, but there are um, clubs that, that tend to group together certain nationalities, right? You know, you've got the Bangladeshi team, you've got the Pakistani teams. Um, you're someone who's played in a multicultural team like the Chiba Sharks, and now you yeah. you set up um, the uh, a very Bangladeshi team. Is that for primarily a place where other people who might have moved to Japan uh, from Bangladesh can and find a place where they can feel comfortable and, and easily make friends. Is that sort of one of the main purposes of the Rising Stars? Uh, it's one of the reasons, but it's not my only reason because uh, we didn't uh, say that uh, uh, we didn't uh, include any other nationality. I mean, uh, but uh, somehow it's become a Bangladeshi team. But uh, we always uh, welcome other nationality as well if they want to play. So, but uh, so far uh, it's not happening. I, I mean, honestly, we are not looking for other nationality right now. But we also uh, have a plan. So, if in in future, if any other nationality want to join in Rising Star, so maybe maybe we can uh, we can do that as well. Yeah, and I think from from wearing my JCA hat, it's always great to see multicultural clubs that are. Um, you know, welcoming in predominantly Japanese people as well and provide a place for an opportunity for them to play. We, we really want to try and build clubs that are part of the community geographically rather than just sort of ethically, if you like. Um, so I know that, uh, that there's big, you know, population center group together, um, in, in urban areas, but, uh, for us, I think that would be really great if the clubs that are developing are also attached to the society that if, yeah. and, and bringing food, uh, helping to develop the game on a broader spectrum. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that, that's the nice question actually, because when we start rising stars, so there, there is a few responsibility, not only we playing cricket, we need to, uh, I mean, expand this sports all over the Japan as well. So we did actually, I mean, we tried, uh, still we're doing some school activities in our local areas, some Tokyo and Saitama actually, we go there, we teach them how to play cricket and we try to request them to include this sports on their uh, sports curriculum activities. So whenever they need that, we always ready to, uh, I mean, help them. And, uh, in our club, um, we didn't make the junior team actually for uh, for now, but uh, we have a plan. Like you know, the, our Bangladeshi and our uh, South Asian community, uh, they they love cricket. So the second generation is also uh, they are ready to play cricket, including my son. He's twelve years old now, so maybe next year he can join to play and uh, some other kids as well. So uh, and uh, um, honestly, you know, not only I uh, I mean uh, other nationalities and also Japanese. Uh, uh, they are they are not approaching so far so far no Japanese player are approaching to our club now so if if they can uh, happen in future so we like to include them we like to play with them so we have now two teams so right uh, because of this region so we need some other players as well so it's not necessary we need to play always with our Bangladeshi players so 
we, we are doing our best to expand the cricket as well uh, mm. to our rising Easter. Yeah, sure. Now, you obviously take part in the Embassy Cup as well. So yeah. the Bangladesh um, ambassador is a, a regular visitor to Sano. Uh, and I think that's been really positive for that sort of building of that relationship between the JCA and, and the Bangladesh community. Uh, how important is that partnership between yourself, club, and and the Bangladeshi embassy? Okay, so uh, when we start our clubs, we always wanted to be uh, more communicate with our community. That's the reason we always uh, request to our embassy to uh, to know what we what we are doing actually. So maybe you remember. So we started the first match between British embassy and Bangladesh embassy is two thousand. Uh, 16 maybe so mm-hmm. that that very first time Bangladesh ambassador say he uh, came to uh, right now is SICG touching a field so we at the very first time they know okay now we have a team and we why not we go a little bit further so after that Bangladesh ambassadors completely understand and completely known about uh, what Jesse is doing and how Rising Star is uh, making the communications between embassy and the JCA. And uh, like, like you said, uh, our so few ambassadors are already attend SICG because they, they, they like to promote this cricket too, too much because they also want to spread, uh, spread this news to other community member as well because those Bangladeshi people living in Japan. And so they also wanted to make uh, a few more tournaments actually. Last uh, pandemic, last two years, it doesn't make to happen. But uh, so far, I can say the partnership is really important and it's really going well. So uh, between Bangladesh Embassy and the JCA, and we really uh, like to uh, continue these things from here to uh, get level. Yeah, my understanding is that this year represents the 50th anniversary of diplomatic relationships between Japan and Bangladesh. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... Something we have to talk about separately, I think, um, about how we. Yeah, yeah. The so. Bangladesh embassy wanted Bangladesh embassy wanted to celebrate this uh, relationship with the cricket tournament with others, uh, part of the uh, I mean Bangladeshi cricket team or other team as well. They had they had a huge plan actually last year March, but somehow it doesn't happen. Maybe in future we can do it. Yeah, well, let's chat about that after the podcast because that is something that's on my oh, list sure, of sure. things to talk to you about. Um, Okay, well, well, coming back to the journey in the JCL, um, you said, you know, you started in Division 3, you moved up straight away to Division 2, and then you promoted again to Division 1. I know that first season in Division 1, I didn't win any games, but then second year, won a few games, and then last year, won a few more games. So as a, as a club that's been through the full journey, how how's that been in terms of the standard, the developing uh teams that you, you've played against and you know what, what's that been like when we uh participated in jcl1 of course we are we were uh, so much uh excited to play in jcl1 it's a, a highest level of cricket in japan without any doubt and uh, in 2000 uh, 2020 uh we didn't uh able to win in single matches because uh, so far, I, I, I found out, so uh, we have so much potential, but we don't know how to execute there. And uh, when we face some kind of a real good player there, real good team there, so we need to think about, okay, so we are not getting a few more players or a few great players. We have 
some nice player actually. So we need to think how to do and we need to uh, come up with great plan. And of course, uh, every cricket match is uh, uh, uncertain, but uh, the team in JCL one uh, compared to other JCL, uh, compared to JCL two is far, far, far difference actually. So right now, uh, maybe next seasons we can come if we, uh, I mean, uh, if we can play uh, uh, after the pandemic situation. So hopefully we can get a, a more good result actually. So as a club, how do you practice? Um, do you coach each other? Do you uh, get together regularly to train? How's that all structured? Okay, unfortunately, it's not happening in our yeah. club actually. So we always plan to do something, uh, practice the uh, regular practice before the season, before the match. But to me, hardly two or three occasions we can manage it. But uh, in fact, between the seasons, so somehow like uh, uh, fielding practice or more batting practice, how to get better. Uh, so it's not happening so far. It's not our culture actually, but, but that was really unfortunate, I must say. But uh, from now, we need to think about it very much seriously, seriously actually, because it's, uh, it's not like a fun game uh, anymore. So when you uh, come up uh, with uh, uh, a proper ticket with proper team, so you need to be get ready. Yeah, well, that's it. Division one is a decent standard now, and um, no one exactly, likes, no one likes losing <laughs> every week, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. So the, the, that that that's the main concern. Our we we are thinking about that. So you know, the in uh, Japan actually we can we can game. Uh, everybody playing in Saturday Sunday only. But uh, most of our player with uh, I mean either a student or have a family member. So it's really hard to get managed time to for practice. Actually, mm. sometimes we don't have eleven player to make a uh, game. Actually, so. Um, but still, uh, that, that that that's not a good excuse for that actually. But if you maintain a, some some standard, you need to be ready for that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so just last couple of questions on this. What do you think the biggest differences are between cricket here in Japan and and back in Bangladesh where you grew up playing? Uh that one thing I so I think is a big difference is because. Uh, Japanese people, so they don't know cricket much. So I must say in uh, 2000, uh, th this is 2022 and almost cricket going to be participated in the Olympic maybe next, maybe next or maybe after that. So this is huge cricket. Uh, I mean, this is huge uh, name for our South Asian country. Uh, I mean, that especially that John, even in fact, Australian. But in Japan, Mostly, I mean, few people can understand how to play cricket, actually. Some people know and some, most of them don't know how to play this. I don't know why it's happened, but uh, I, uh, in my point of view, there's a big difference. They don't know the sports, actually. And so in the time that you've been here, the 15 years or so that you said you've been in Japan, you've seen cricket change quite a lot in that time. Do you think that that, even that topic you just mentioned about the knowledge of the game, do you think that's changed? Of course, of course. I mean, uh, when I started playing in Japan, I mean, uh, 2010, just uh, 10, year, 10 years before. So there is hardly uh, we can manage the ground and hardly we can play uh, in a specific uh, area. We need to travel uh, so long, I mean, so far from Tokyo. But still, we are going super. But still, so much ground is pop up right now. And JCA doing well with their less, uh, uh, I mean, opportunities. Uh, Right now, uh, almost 60 team is pop up here and uh, so many university teams, they already participate in Japan cricket. Omen's cricket is developing and uh, I mean, uh, 
I must say there's a, maybe the, uh, without any support, I mean, I don't know how much support from Japanese government in Kikin sense. I have no idea for that, but so far I can understand not that much, but uh, with, uh, with few members and few people, so they are doing their, uh, they are doing their job so much, uh, so much with, with great, great effort, I, I must say. So the 10 years is, I'm, uh, the, the good change actually in Japan cricket. If you could improve one area of cricket in Japan, make one change to the cricketing structure, what would that be? I don't want to change actually. I mean, uh, perfect. I just want to include. <laughs> I, I I'm not uh, I am not perfect guy to change anything. So I just want to include one thing. So uh, I mean, it's already included maybe, but uh, uh, somehow if we can uh, include this sports in school level of cricket with the in their sports curriculum activities. I mean, mm -hmm. like they play other sports, so they have to play the cricket also. I mean, yeah, so somehow it can help. Yeah. So we've, that, I mean, that's a big part of what the JCA have been doing. That's actually the reason I came to Japan way back in 2014 was, was to get that junior program running and to try and get cricket into the curriculum. You know, the JCA approach is the targeted focus on cities of cricket. So we do have cricket in the curriculum from, uh, elementary school through to, um, the first two years of junior high school in Sano and in Akashima, um, cause every city, you know, has their own version of the curriculum. Um, but, uh, it's, it's an ongoing project to try and get more and more, uh, cities to, to take cricket on and, and put it into the curriculum and, and get teachers teaching it because that's where the exactly. really big yeah. change yeah. Would, would happen. Um, so for us, if we can get into a national curriculum, then that would be huge because at the moment it's all about the wording, right? Yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the another challenge uh, for developing cricket. Yeah, if, if people can understand more than me, because uh, from uh, for any decision, Japanese people take too much time. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, but for us, like the wording in the curriculum, it says that you can play baseball type sports, but everybody reads that as just playing baseball. But you know, cricket is a baseball type sport because what that actually means is a ball striking sport. You know, a, a bat and ball sport. So for us, it's fun to explain to people that cricket is a basketball sport, which, um, is, has lots of similarities and lots of core development skills for children that are the same as, as baseball. So yeah, it's all just a big education program, but it does take a long time. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Look, I, I like to do, um, all my interviews, I like to finish them with some cricket specific questions. Uh, so we'll just run okay. through these quite quickly. Um, can you tell me the best player that you've played with or against? Uh, best player with uh, my own teammate, uh, you know, Ubaidu Soban Said. Mm -hmm. uh, he's uh, one of the great entertainers for me. He hit, hit the ball a long way. Okay, he can destroy any team in particular day. And against, uh, you know, the fasted, one of the fasted baller, Negi. Right now he played for MIB. Mm. Yeah. So he's, uh, I mean, I mean, really uh, tough to face him actually. From my experience, it was, it was really, really tough for, tough for me actually. He was, he's a really good player from Japan cricket actually. Yeah, interesting. Uh, can you tell me the best thing you've ever learned from a coach? Okay. In early stage, I'm not that kind of, I mean, uh, I, I'm not getting any kind of coaching program actually, but somehow I, I, uh, uh, I had uh, some experience with uh, my university cricket coach. 
Uh, one thing I, do, uh, I, I can remember now, he tell me first, this cricket is completely, uh, mostly mental game. So whenever you're ready to play cricket, you need to be your mindset up first. What are you doing? And you need to execute. Uh, I mean, you need to f- uh, uh, feel the uh, particular day match and you need to execute in that way. So it's completely, completely, not completely, it's completely, I mean, mostly mental game than others. Yeah, it does have its, uh, its mental challenges for sure. Um, what is your career highlight? Uh, not much, actually. I just want to uh, play 10 more, 10 more years if I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any particular loss that still annoys you? Uh, yeah. So I mentioned you earlier, maybe I'm not in uh, 11 that uh, that match, the match between Chiba Sharks and Rising Star last uh, JCL one seasons, which uh, we lost and we, we all, and we ended up number nine in JCL one. But if we win that match, we could be in semi-final. So mm-hmm. that's standards. Yeah, it was a close, it was a tight league last year. A lot of teams yeah. all bunched up together. Yeah. Um, do you have any particularly funny stories? Anything you've seen on the cricket field that made you laugh? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, unfortunately uh, one of my early uh, stays in Japan cricket. So we going to play Fuji ground, and I I was uh, in uh, bowling side. So the my bowler. Uh, after uh, he, he used to do medium pace maybe, and there is a huge LBW uh, appeal from uh, all over uh, all over the part of the field. But somehow umpire ended up with white ball, so we don't know why. We just require, we just want to know how come it's white ball. He said uh, it's white, so it's white. So <laughs> I, I I don't remember his name. Maybe he's from France, or maybe he's a French guy. He's a French guy. Uh, I. I, I I just don't remember his name, but but I with, honestly speaking, uh, that was very funny moments for me at that time. So, uh, but but the situation is not that that, that like anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to approve the umpiring standards. I think. Um, no, that right now is a good standard right now without any without any doubt. Uh, what's your favorite format of cricket to play or to watch? Uh, I like to play uh, 40 over, obviously. Uh, I'm not good at T20. And to watch, I always like to uh, watch whenever I have time, the test match, actually. I'm not great fond of T20. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty popular answer. Do you have a favorite teammate? Someone in the Rising Stars that you really enjoy playing with? If you pick anyone, I again say my Ubayotsuban side. So it's really great to see him when he in action. Mm. Yeah, let's get, get the best best seat in the house when uh, you're at the other end and he's smashing the ball all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't need to worry about just giving a strike. <laughs> yeah, great. Is, is there any stadium anywhere else in the world that you'd especially love to watch or, or, or even to play? Uh, I don't know. I can play other, but I love <laughs> to watch uh, a lot uh, one day. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. Okay, and last one on this. Can you name one innings or bowling performance played by someone else that you wish you could have played yourself? Uh, okay. Uh, it was 2019, uh, JCL2 semi-final against Paddy. One of my teammates, maybe you know, Ashik. So mm-hmm. we lost a few wickets in 60 or 70 runs. Uh, we, we are chasing maybe 180 plus. 
but somehow Ashik uh, finished really well. Uh, he was uh, not out 60 plus. We win that match and they, uh, technically that match, uh, the, that, that win, uh, promote us to JPL one. So if I, uh, if you say that question, so I, I like to do something like that in future. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, all right. I've got some Japan specific questions for you. Can you tell me your favorite thing about Japan? I must say so far, I, uh, understand, uh, the favorite things for me and the, the preservation of their culture, actually, they're very much, uh, uh, sincere about their culture and how they preserve from the very long time that they must be mm. and the care for others. They really care for others. Actually. They have their own way, but maybe from uh, my, uh, or maybe some foreigner point of view is take time to understand, but that was good. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a favorite place or any one place that a visitor must go to? Of course, Okinawa. I love that place. And I think so whenever people get chance to visit Okinawa, but Japan is a very beautiful country, not only Okinawa, but if you, then if you ask me to one place, I, I, I must say Okinawa. Any place in Okinawa particularly, I've, I've been to a couple of the islands. I actually got engaged in Okinawa and went on my honeymoon there. Um, I got, oh, yeah, I see. yeah, I got engaged on, uh, Naha, the main island, and then I honeymooned in Ishigaki. So, is there any particular island that you like? Uh, I, Naha, I must say, Naha is good. Yeah, it's the main one. Cool. What's your favorite food? Uh, shabu shabu. Shabu shabu. You know, yeah, shabu shabu. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't had it, mate. Yeah, good. It's the season, isn't it? It's winter. It's good winter yeah. food, isn't it? Winter, yeah. Um, and winter food. Is there any food that you really dislike any Japanese food that you just can't understand why people eat it? Uh, you know, natto, just I kind do. of sticky things. Mm. Uh, I don't like it and I don't know why they like it. No, I'm with you on that. Fermented soybeans, just all stringy and smelly, generally disgusting stuff. Um, yeah. Okay. Last one. Do you have a favorite Japanese word or phrase and what's its meaning? Um, favorite Japanese words of, okay. Uh, recently, uh, I learned one thing. So it's also, uh, I mean, uh, meaningful for this time. The phrase is Shinrin Yoku, Shinrin Yoku. So literal translation is forest bath, uh, act of self care to actually take walk through a forest when you were feeling slightly off center need a break to clear your mind or clear your head. Mm -hmm. So wow. right now, see, we are, we are, <laughs> we are very much, uh, desperate about pandemic situation. So I think so. So we need forest, but to go through the walk through a forest. <laughs> yeah, good. Shinjin Yoku. Nice. I call out that one. Shinjin Yoku. Yeah, it's good. Great. Well, Murad, it's been a, a pleasure chatting to you. Thanks a lot for, for sparing the time on a Thursday afternoon to have a chat. Uh, really good to hear your story about life in Japan and your cricket uh, journey. And, you know, I hope it continues to be successful and that the Rising Stars as a club continue to grow. And I'm sure I'll see you out on the cricket field soon. Thank you, man. It was, it was really entertaining uh, entertain situation right now. I mean, uh, what can I say? Uh, we are not playing cricket, but we're still talking about cricket here. So uh, thanks for having me. And yeah, hopefully see you soon. My pleasure. Thanks, Murad. Prophetic the way that conversation ended. Since the Rising Stars are still not playing any cricket, as mentioned at the top of the show, 
Well, that concludes today's episode of the Japan Cricket Podcast. Wherever you're listening, I hope you enjoyed it. And if you'd like to add to the three ratings that the pod has received, then that would be much appreciated and openly applauded by me. Once again, thanks to BRB Monday for supplying the intro and outro tunes that you can currently hear playing. Uh, be sure to go and check out his stuff on Spotify. Lastly, if anyone is interested in supporting the show in any capacity, then please do reach out to me via the Instagram page, which unsurprisingly is Japan Cricket Podcast. Any ideas on improving the show would be welcome and help would, of course, be wonderful. This remains a project I'm running in my spare time, mostly, and bringing on some partners will probably help secure the longer and more prosperous future of the show. That's it for this week. I'm heading back to England for a little holiday soon. So even in Japan, stay dry, cool, or simply the opposite of whatever the weather was throwing at you. As mentioned, the show will keep on coming, but the release dates and time are maybe a bit different from what they usually are. Arigato gozaimashita.